0: Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one. Responding
1: rightly in the midst of the pressure and the trials and the challenges. Great challenging week last week. Anybody else besides me? All six or seven honest people. Here we go. Look, my wife's rebuking me from online. I just can't get away. <laughs> Love you, babe. She's like, dude, that was harsh. I should read what she said. That's hysterical. You, you can be seated. You may be seated. Let me see if I need to repent. I feel pretty good about it, but you know, my wife... What does she say? Dude, that was harsh, telling people they should go to another church if they don't have breakthrough. (laughs) Talk to Jesus about it, sweetheart. Listen, if you don't have breakthrough, if you don't have breakthrough, I love you. If you don't have breakthrough, it's not God's fault. I might not even get to our text, and God knows I want to. But if you don't have breakthrough, it's not God's fault. There are many reasons. Oh, it's tying into my message. I love when God does that. There are many reasons why you don't have breakthrough. You know, we contended for for, a miracle, for many miracles last week. And we're, whether you realize it or not, we're walking in it. We, we lost, uh, you know, one of our loved ones, battled the cancer. We seemingly, you know, they say we lost. We didn't lose. We don't. We don't even have lose is not in your spiritual DNA. No such thing. Listen to what I listen to what I preached and tell you today because it will change your life. And honestly, I've not heard too many messages like this. Most people just dodge it or or, or don't don't really attack that thing. Listen, whatever challenges you have in your faith and questions you have. Questions with God can be answered. There's revelation that God will release to you. But come on, don't just let your heart get hard because you didn't get the miracle of the healing or you didn't get the raise or you didn't get the breakthrough or, or your husband left you or, or your wife left you for some other man or or, or you know it didn't happen the way that you want it. This is an internship. Listen, we are living in a place called time. God's outside of time. And this time is for training to rule and reign. And and if you don't have an eternal perspective on what's taking place in your life, you can end up getting disgruntled towards God and disillusioned in your walk. If you don't understand God's purpose for, for trials, then it's not that every trial comes from God. There are trials that come from the devil. There are trials that are because you're stupid. That's also harsh, Pastor Karen, but you're not here. I'm not answering my text right now. (laughs) You've done something stupid, and you can blame the devil all you want to, but you know you did something. Or maybe you don't know, but but you did something that was absolute violation. And, you know, you've got the consequences. There's trials because God is spanking you. Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. Some of you out in the divine woodshed. Yeah, because he loves you. Those whom the Lord loves. No, no. Lauren Cunningham, so if you get offended at the next harsh thing I'm about to say, it's from him. Lauren Cunningham, the founder of YWAM, had on his computer for years, those whom the Lord loves, he beats the hell out of. What does that mean? That means if you have any hell on the inside of you, it would be very good The Lord help you get rid of it. Come on, raise your right hand to the Lord. Come on, raise your right hand to the Lord and say, Oh God, if I got any hell inside of me, would you help me get rid of it? I don't want to offend anybody. My wife knows that. The, Lord, the way the Lord wired me up is uh, he's anointed me with a breaker type anointing. I'm anointed to snatch the stinking binky right out of your mouth. You know what I mean by that? You know what a binky is? You know, a sucky or whatever they're called. I don't know what they're called. How many got a baby? You got a little, you know, pacifier. Yeah. God doesn't want to just give God doesn't want you to give a pacifier. He wants to give you the real thing. He wants to help you. He doesn't want to put a band-aid on your laceration. He wants you to be healed from the inside out. He wants to set you free from the every yoke of bondage. He wants to set you free from religion and tradition, and he wants you to walk in the power and the and the and the might and the strength of God bringing the fragrance of Jesus everywhere you go. That these signs will follow you wherever you go. You'll lay hands on the sick and you'll recover, and when when a challenge and a trial comes, you've got to see that thing the way that God sees it because if you don't you're going to get offended. Now, I've seen this. I've, I've been through some trials. And I'm thankful I haven't been through some of the things that maybe you have. I've been through some death. God's ultimate purpose is that we would experience God and his glory in a greater way Amen. that would cause us to be conformed into his image. The, the purpose of you being alive is to know him, become like him, and be a deliverer of men and to carry the greatest message of all time, to every lost, hurting, broken person, to see God's power put on display. It is not God's will for you to languish, die, depressed, broken, and disgusted, and, you know, beg for for him to rescue you as you wave a white flag of retreat and surrender. The devil is real. He brings trials too. The rub here's where the rub is. Understanding where is it coming from? Am I being am I being chastised, as it says in the New King James? Am I getting spanked right now, God, or is this the devil? A- am I am I in trial right now because I was stupid as a box of rocks, or or is this your your chastisement, or is this the devil? Am I in a pri- a trial right now? There's really four reasons for pressure and trials. Four of them. I should read the text. Okay. I didn't give you notes. I'm so glad. 2 <laughs> Corinthians 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of his power may be of God and not of us. Amen. We are hard-pressed on every side. Look at these, or these um, oxymorons or paradoxes, if you will. Verse eight, we're hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We're perplexed or confused, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed listen now, always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus, that's the anointing, the power of God, the life of Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus, the anointing of God, the power of the Holy Spirit may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. Verse 13, for since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, quote, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise up with Jesus, raise us up with Jesus, and will present us with you. For all things are for your sake. Grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Verse 16. Therefore, don't lose heart. Say that. Therefore, don't lose heart. For even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is for a moment, is working for us. Come on, someone say it's working for us. Is working for us a far exceeding and eternal weight of glory, which we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Father, we thank you for the anointing, the power of God right now upon every heart. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come, the gifts of the Spirit being in activation that you would say what you want to say and move the way you want to move, that you would stir, touch changes, that I pray that you would release revelation that causes a revolution in the hearts of every single person that's here and those online. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Anoint these lips of clay as you've been so gracious to do all week. God, I pray now, release all that's in your heart, God, I pray, all that's in your heart for your beloved people. That we would walk in victory and proper understanding the purpose, the trial, the pressure. We would understand. And having understood, we would live in a way that would be completely unoffended, not able to be offended, above offense from everything that comes our way. Everything. You use everything. And we thank you. And we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. God's purpose, let me read this to you, is that you would experience God and his glory in a greater way, that you would grow in love for him, for others, that you'd become more like him, impacting your life and destiny in this age, now. Everybody say now. And in the age to come. eternally minded. The devil has a purpose and a plan for the trial too. Now we're gonna look at, in the moments that were made in our service, the four causes of trials, pressure, and crisis. And like I said, there, therein lies the rub of discerning which one is which because it's the devil. Then you stand, you resist him, you rebuke him and you cast him out. You run him down with the blood of the Lord, the blood of the lamb, Amen. But you know, if it's your own foolishness, well, you're gonna to have to take a look at that, live a lifestyle of repentance. Repent, get back, take your feet back to the ancient paths of righteousness and truth, which are the foundations of his throne. If, it, if it's because of the fallenness of the world, well, what do you do about that? So we're gonna look at the four causes of pressure, trial, suffering, if you will. And we're gonna look at how to respond in the midst of that and, and really, here in 2 Corinthians chapter, you know, 4 through 6, Paul is giving this theme on how to experience the manifest power of God in a greater way. You know, I know people that have no anointing. We've been preaching on the anointing in the middle of the week, and uh, we'll continue along those lines. Thank you, Minister Barry, who preached one of the services last week. It was amazing. Amazing. He's going to be preaching for me. I'm heading off to the uh, prophetic conference on Oahu, so if you'll just keep us in prayer, but we, that, that God would just move in great power. The anointing, the power of God, the life of Jesus, the text says, the life of Jesus. I know folks, I know ministers, I know pastors that don't have the life of Jesus flowing through their life. Amen. And when you have the life of Jesus flowing through you, then you can make it. And, and here's the thing, whatever measure of life or power or anointing the God enablement to do the God stuff. Come on, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, Acts 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good and healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil. The anointing, the power of God, the life of Jesus is for the purpose of manifesting his kingdom in the earth and fulfilling what he called you to do internally making you more like Jesus, externally changing the lives of men, women and children and everywhere that you go. There's no trial, there's no te- there's no temptation that sees you except that which is common to man. God wants you to understand how to increase in the power of the Holy Spirit and if you don't get it, then you'll walk around twice dead, pulled up by the roots, offended at God and you, maybe you'll make it to heaven. but you won't you won't fulfill your divine assignment. and by the way, this is not it. This is like the school of ministry for the thousand year ruling and reigning. Some people think, you know, when you get to the millennial reign, then you'll have a really pristine white diaper. You'll have a glorified body, which is just totally ripped. Thank you, Jesus. And then you'll just fly around, you know, with an olive branch in your mouth and a harp. Pring, pring. The Lord loves you. No, no, no. You study this. Oh, you get a glorified body. It's a real body and an earth. Is made new. There's a heavenly Jerusalem that comes down. There's a real earth. You're actually walking in it with a real body. Now, there's certain things that are not the same, like there's no marriage. There's a uniqueness about that, but you have an assignment. Come on, this is not it. If you think this is it, man, that can be pretty discouraging. (laughs) Woo, the devil's purpose in your trial, your challenge the pressure, the crisis, the devil's purpose is that you'd get so offended at God for what he did, what he didn't do, and he works hard to bring confusion to your mind. The devil's purpose and the, pro- the trial and the pressure that you're in. And maybe you're not having any. So if there's only like six people that are either honest or only six people that had a challenging week. I don't know which one it is, honestly. So I Amen. repent for being harsh. And calling you all liars, because maybe you had just a glorious week, and 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 my week was glorious and packed with incredible pressure. And I, I as I as I tuned my heart to say, okay, okay, now wait, wait, okay, okay, hallelujah, all right, I, I I I got it. I'm dialed in. If you don't get dialed in, then you can be offended at why that loved one didn't get raised from the dead, or the sickness, and the, the discouragement, and begin to shake your fist at God and accuse him of not coming through for you. The devil's purpose is to bring you confusion in your mind. You'd have a a short-term view. (laughs) Don't have short-term view on your life. This is not it. Have a long-term internal view. You'd have a short-term view instead of a long-term one. You'd be distorted in your view of God in the midst of it, and you'd end up disillusioned and offended at God. When John the Baptist sent his two disciples, and it's in the Gospels, you can go and read it. He sent his two disciples, and he said, "Go, go ask Jesus if he's the one, if he's the Messiah, or should we wait for another? And I'm paraphrasing. And so the two disciples run off to Jesus, and they tell him, John sent us to find out if you're the one. And Jesus quotes Isaiah 61 and Isaiah 60 he says, a blind seed, the lame walk, go tell him that. And uh, blessed is he who's not offended because of me. Go ahead, tell him. Can you imagine being the two disciples that then return and have visitation in the prison? It's before John loses his head. And I'm reading into this a little bit because you don't hear the whole story, but I think they returned to, to John the Baptist and many, many preachers and uh, scholars even say John the Baptist was disillusioned because when you isolate yourself, you can get confused. It's certainly true, Proverbs 11, 1, the man who isolates himself rages against all wisdom. You can get isolated and, and apart from the body of Christ, apart from accountability, apart from people correcting you like my wife does and like I do for her and you can get separated in all myopic in your view thinking it's just you that you see the prophets i mean elijah did it i'm the only one left you're not the only one there's seven thousand more a few more than just you you know oh you know you can get isolated and so that it's been taught that john the baptist was isolated and he started thinking strange no the one who's the greatest born among women the burning shining lamp of israel that paved the way for the messiah the, 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 the one who's called like a voice in the wilderness with, with, with you know, a loincloth and ate and locusts. We call that the John the Baptist fast. He'd eat locusts and bugs and stuff. I mean, he had to look like pretty wild. And his, 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 his ministry was out in the wilderness. The one who stood against Pharisees and called them, you know, corrected them and rebuked them and Said that they need to come to repentance and he brought this baptism of repentance. So he's now in prison and he's disillusioned? I don't think so. I think what he was doing was he was taking his disciples and turning them over to Jesus. That's what I think he was doing. And when when they returned to John, and again I'm reading into this, John said, What did he say? He said, man, he quoted those scriptures that you've been telling us, man. He quoted Isaiah. He said, he's the Messiah. He's the one, John. He's like, praise God. That's right. He's the one. The lamb whose shoes latch it, I'm not able to untie. He's the one. And then I think John the Baptist said, is there anything else he said? Yeah. As a matter of fact, there is something else. It's kind of encrypted sort of parable. We don't really understand. Well, what did he say? Blessed is he who's not offended because of me. And I think, I believe that the Lord said that to those disciples, to tell John, to just let John know, your ministry is pretty much done. You're gonna be martyred, you're gonna lose your head and I'm not going to be rescuing you in this earth. You're gonna experience the pressure of the blade that takes your head from your shoulders. And can you imagine being The disciples of John, you know, their pastor gets beheaded. Where's the Lord? Where's God? People get offended at what God does and what he doesn't do. And if you don't understand, you don't understand the purpose for pressure and trials, you will jack yourself up and have a life of pain. But if you respond like like Paul teaches, if you respond rightly, what it will do is it will cause you to grow in the life of Jesus, the anointing. If you respond rightly to the trial, it will cause you to get big and strong now and in the age to come come. That literally what you do in the earth now will be promotion for you in the millennial reign or will be demotion. Yeah. I don't believe that's true. That's because you don't read your Bible. Yeah. Study the things of eternity. Understand the millennial reign. I'm mean, Not that I understand it, but I, I understand a little bit. I feel like an infant. I have a couple points here. Let's see if we can make them. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Again, 2 Corinthians chapter 4-6, through 6, Paul is talking about how to increase the manifest presence of God in a greater way. I started picking on those who have no anointing. Let me just say the anointing is not for just people in full-time ministry. It's for business owners. It's for, it's for every ditch-digging person. It's for every person everywhere, no matter where you are. The anointing, the power of God works in the same way it works in my life, works in your life. And you can have any unction. You can have the life of Jesus at whatever measure you want. Amen. If you're willing to do what's required. And, and it's paid to, it's painted right here. You know, I don't like suffering at all. I don't like it. Is there more suffering to come? Well, I'm not prophesying it. But consider it not strange, says the word of God. You face all kind of fiery trials. Because it's working for you. Your trial, the pressure, the challenge, it's it's designed to work for you. It's not that it's from God. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it's from creation. Sometimes it's because you're just dumb. foundational to understanding God's purpose for trials and pressures is this revelation of eternity. And uh, 1 Corinthians 15, you can turn there if you want to, because in, in eternity, there are those that will walk in a greater power and authority in the millennial reign. When Jesus comes back, new heaven, new earth, there's gonna be those that actually have a greater responsibility than, those, than others, that responsibility, those, that assignment in the, in the age to come, a, a greater glory than someone else. Well, I know you've not heard this too much. It's, it's, not, it's not preached, because mostly, if I can quote my brother, he said, I'm so sick of sermonettes producing Christianettes. The word of God is infinitely deep. There's no way we can mine out all of this here in the next 15 minutes of our service. First 1 Corinthians 15, verse 41, it says, for one star differs from another star in glory. Verse 42, so also is the resurrection of the dead. Let me read this in the New King James Version. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. So also, is a resurrection of the dead. The body sown in corruption is raised in incorruption. I'm gonna read the New Living Translation, verse 41. The sun has its greatness. The moon has its greatness. The stars have their greatness. One star differs from another star in greatness. It is the same with people raised from the dead. What? What are you saying? I'm telling you, the way that you live out in the midst, listen closely. Please listen. The way that you live out, the trial you're in, the pressure you're in, will result in a greater elevation from God in the age to come and yeah. here. So if you want to increase in the anointing, you want an increase in the life of God. Wrap your arms around whatever problem that is. If it's the devil, drive him out. If it's you, get right. If it's the Lord, you know, correcting you, understand what he's trying to correct, and get anointed. If you don't have God's power in your life, it's not his fault. Let's have a praise break, because I just feel some tension up in here.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on.
1: Yes. He said, well, this is pretty intense this morning, Pastor. Yeah, because we were just in it last week. Contending knowing what was going to take place. And yet, seeing someone pass. It is a win-win. But if you don't understand... You know what I'm talking about? You're contending for the miracle to happen. You're contending for the body to be healed. You're contending for miracles and you see it and you see it and you see it and in the end, boom, straight to heaven because she was born again. If you're not born again, that's the first start in overcoming your trial. You need to break ties with the devil and you need to get right today. But in the age to come, you'll have a physical, material, glorified body and you have an assignment. It's not a diaper. Amen. With a cute set of wings and a harp. Many people have a wrong view of heaven. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency... Are you all there? That the excellency of his power... May be of God and none of us. It's treasure in us. Earth and vessels. It's it's you. This tent, clay jars, clay pots. Another version says it's it's this. It's it's the earth. Somebody called it. It's going to fade. It's going to be buried. We're hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed; perplexed, yet not despair; persecuted, but not forsaken. That the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. The life of Jesus. You see, when you're going through a trial, you have you're carrying around the, the death of Jesus. What do you mean by that? That's creeping me. You're creeping me out. What do you mean? I mean when you go through trials, there's a fleshly response that wants to say, now wait a second, now now hold on a second. If you're good, then this ought to happen. And the death of Jesus is saying, nevertheless, let this cup pass from me. I trust you, I don't get it. I don't understand, but I know you're good. And it's, it's caring about embracing that thing instead of embracing your mind that's at enmity with God that wants to argue about how God should have come through, God should have raised the dead, God should have given me the raise, God should come on. God's working something in you. And if you don't see it that way, you'll, you'll, you'll fail. Tri- trials, pressure, crisis, listen, this is a good tweet, are catalytic. If you'll respond rightly to the pressure of the trial, it'll drive you forward into the power of God now and in the age to come. If you respond rightly in the midst of your fire, in the midst of your flood, God will make you more like him that when you show up, you'll have greater power, greater authority. But if you if you do not respond rightly, then, then you don't get the bonus pack. Amen. Whatever that is. It's catalytic. When you have a mindset that says I'm, I'm tired of all the pain. I'm tired. I'm tired of all the pain, and I can't do it, God. I quit, and I don't mean to mock, but, it, but really, you need to shut your mouth and begin to look at things. Come on, if it's the devil, take authority. Rise up fast and pray and push him back. Push him back, push him back, way back. Push him back. Submit to God, resist the devil. He, devil, he will flee. If it's the Lord, well, then you better embrace whatever you're getting spanked for. If its creation's grown, as I said under the unction, there that there's connectivity between your life and the way that you walk and 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 the environment. And you can you can go and look how America's responded to Israel in past administrations. And every time we would do something stupid, we would have a crisis on our own soil. It happened over and over and over. Some have done these amazing studies and statistics and. And I'm just glad I can spell my name today. Hallelujah. I am not all into statistics, but I've read some of that stuff. It's just like mind-boggling. When it happened, when we made a decision to turn and not stand with Israel, it's like a curse come on the land. Over and over and over and over. There's connectivity to connect. creation's groan. First of all, creation is groaning. This is Romans uh, 8, I believe. Creation, the fallenness of creation is, is because Adam blew it. And so... All of creation cries in frustration waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. And the fullness of that is a glorified body, is a a new heaven and a new earth. That's the fullness of it. But God wants to raise you up to understand. Listen, if you cut down a tree and you stand where it's gonna fall, you're gonna get hurt. It's not winter, but I assure you it's coming. I'm a beekeeper and uh, I have... A number of hives, and uh, I went over to one of my hives, and uh, saw all the drones got the boot. A drone is a male bee, honeybee. Males in, in uh, colonies, honeybee colonies, are used for two things. One, mating, and two, they eat. It sounds like a male And <laughs> its fallen unredeemed state. <laughs> That's thinking funny right there. <laughs> so when it comes down to brass tacks and winter starts moving in, all the girls get together to kick them out so they can't eat anymore. We're done with you. We're done. There's no more mating. There's no more food for you. You're out. And they all die. It's, it's, it's a picture of the unredeemed If you don't understand that, just enjoy it as an isolated whole. Winter's coming. If you stand out in your BVDS in the dead of winter for a long period of time, you're gonna get frostbite. You're gonna get a cold. You're gonna get sick. You can blame the devil all you want. You did it. You stood out. I was in I was in Louisiana and uh, preaching and. Uh, this, uh, this precious lady, you know, from backwoods somewhere, said, "I'm going to get the BVD of that series." The BV. So DVD. <laughs> anyway, God bless her, I think she got it. You're caring about the death of Jesus in your, but it's, it's, it's giving up your agenda. If you want to see the life of God, give up on your agenda. Amen. Your agenda, I didn't say God's agenda. I said your agenda, your timing, your emotions, what you want, when you want it. Just let it go. Trust God. Lean not not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will make your path straight. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So many people are just, you know, trying to hold on to everything and cling to everything. Oh. A couple more things to say. The four sources of pressure and trial. Heaven's discipline, number one. This comes from Hebrews chapter 12. I think I said Hebrews 10 earlier. Please forgive me. It says the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as a child. As you endure divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own child. Whoever heard, a chi- whoever heard of a child who is not disciplined by his father? If God doesn't discipline you, as he does all of his children, it means that you were illegitimate, and you're not really his child at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father and live forever? Verse 10, for our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. Not sure you could write a book about that. Your parents can't give you. Your parents didn't give you or can't give you what you don't have, what they don't have. So whatever you got, and maybe it was horrible, you can be healed of that. Whatever you got is what they had to give. And and sometimes that's just evil and wrong and needs to go to jail. Other times you didn't feel like maybe it was enough. But your heavenly father is more than enough. And if you come to understand his great love, it'll heal all of that. Including that which took place at the hands of your mother. Verse 11, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living or righteousness, says another version, for those who've been trained this way. I experienced many trials in my life because... I was getting disciplined. I prayed that prayer, and they call it that 's a stupid prayer you don 't really want to pray that, but actually it 's a really smart one and my dad was gave his you know much of his whole life committed to being an attorney, and he lost his father at seventeen, so i 'm thankful for what was right and good with my father i'm so grateful, and the more i 've done more counseling i 've done, the more grateful i am i 'm like, oh my gosh, I was super blessed super duper blessed. Okay, he didn't pray in tongues and lay hands on the sick and he didn't teach me the word. He did teach me a fear of the Lord and a fear of dad, which was not always good, but mostly good. And so the Lord, you know, the Lord, when he came, when I gave my life to Jesus and he snatched me like a stick out of the fire, I remember praying this prayer, oh God, I, I I need to be fathered. I need a father. I said, Father, will you father me? It was like on some Father's Day 20-something years ago. He's been doing it ever since. That's quite a prayer to pray. It was right after that. I went to go stay with my mother in, in Hana. A giant break, a giant giant swell had come into the Hawaiian Islands. And um, the Lord was dealing with me to obey his voice and to, to listen to him, to obey his word. And I was a thick-headed, stiff-necked, stubborn, not unlike some of you. And um, there was 20, you know, 15-foot, 10 to 15-foot swells coming in, and uh, I was a surfer back then. And um, so I got my surfboard and put it on the car, and I remember my mama yelling out from the, from the kitchen, Son! Did you ask Jesus if you go surfing? Oh. Now, he had been dealing in my heart. or I don't, you know, he'd been like, you need to be careful. I don't think this is the time for you to go, son. You know, you have a free will. Your free will can jack you up. Yeah. The Lord's trying to get my attention. And then my mother yells as I'm putting the final strap on, which was the Holy Spirit. Did you ask Jesus? And I'm like, <laughs> did
0: you to did, did, did go surfing? I'm like, yeah, I asked him.
1: I got in the car, and I went surfing. There was nobody out. It took me 45 minutes to paddle out. By the time I get out, I'm having the thought, it's too big, man. <laughs> this surf's too big. Too big for me. And I'm thinking, oh, God, I probably should have asked you if I, yes, you should have. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I'm out here, it's too big, and now I'm under pressure, and I'm in trial. He's like, you need to, you need to talk to me you can't be disobedient to me. And that just echoed, you may not disobey me. And I thought, okay, I, I won't, I'm sorry, I won't. And I look on the horizon and it is these giant black mountains. What do you mean? In Hawaii, there's no continental shelf, so it can be 10 foot and jacked to 20 foot in the span of five minutes. So I'm out there, I'm like, I won't, I'm disappear. What in God's name is that? that's the rod, son. You know, he didn't say that, but that's the, the sense that I got like, oh, you're going to have a trial. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't tell you the fear that struck my heart. I'm already, I'm already a quarter mile out. I mean, it's just like, I'm way out. There's nobody out there. There ain't no lifeguard. I'm way out. And so here's these mounds, Dun, 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 dun. That's the jaw. Jo- there wasn't a shark, but anyway, it felt like that. <laughs> So I paddle, I'm everything I got to get further out and I don't even come close and I'll never forget that wave, just looking at that lip as it pitched feathering coming right at me and I dove to the bottom to try to get under the wave, but there was no getting under that. And it sucked me up and snapped my leash and I got beat up for what seemed like an eternity to the, pl- to the point where I could—I was drowning. I'm done. I got no more strength. I got no more air. I, and when you do get to the top, it's all foam. When you get to the top in those situations of the water, and there's still no air, unless you develop certain breathing techniques like... <laughs> <laughs> those of you that have been in the ocean know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> And uh, I gave up. I mean, I, I got to the point where I like, hit again and hit again and hit again. You know, after the third and fourth wipeout, now I'm hitting coral and I'm, 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 I'm getting beat up. And I should have said, peace. I'm like, I'm sorry, God. Oh, God, Jesus. I mean, a moment before death is what it was. And then I realized, I, I hit some rocks and realized I could stand up. I stood up. I was still a distance out, but I had been washed all the way in. And there's two types of lava rock. There's oo-oo-oo lava and ah ah-ah lava. Does anybody know the difference? No, for real. Two kinds. I forget which one is which. Is oo-oo lava the sharp one? Is that right? Or is it ah ah-ah? Do you Do you know? ah is the sharp one. Uh-huh. All right. You say, well, where's, where's that come from? Well, when you're walking on ah uh-uh a lava, it's really pointy and it rips all your feet to shreds. It says ah, 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 ah. That's what, And they call it the rock dance is also what that's called. And Ooh, ooh, lava. The Ooh, lava's all smooth. You can just move across that. I made it in. Fell down on the sand and received quite a lesson. I wish that was the only lesson I had received from the Lord. Actually, that's not true. But I, but I believe I've been trained by them. And I, <laughs> Train me some more, Lord, in your mercy and grace. Hallelujah. It's 1029. I need to be sensitive to our children's workers back there. How do you respond to the trial that comes from the Lord? Will you submit to his discipline and you get it right, son. Get trained by it. Quit being double-minded. Quit raising your fist and trying to say that you know what's up. We'll just go through these three more points. Satan's attack, 1 Peter 5, 8. Stay alert. Watch out. For your great enemy, the devil, prowls around like a warring lion. How do you deal with that? As I said in James, you resist the devil and he will flee. But it requires discernment and prayer and God to speak to you. Which was it the devil that was drowning me? Oh, I think he would have loved to get involved. And maybe, maybe through my disobedience, I've come out from under the hand of God and, and you know the discipline of the Lord. I mean, some of these are crossover, but you have to figure it out, you have to discern. Because it's hard to rebuke the Lord. Yeah. Don't, don't even do that. Amen. Come on, Jonah was in a storm because he disobeyed. Yeah. You can try to rebuke God as much as you want. And it ain't going to work. You can't rebuke God. Jonah was in a storm. There are storms that come from God, trials that come from God, and storm the ones that don't. That storm was for Jonah to get him right. But other ones come from the devil. Right? So you submit to God, resist the devil, he will, he will flee. Sinfulness, our sinful actions can bring unnecessary pressures on our life. And the, and the sinful actions of others. So how do you, what do you do with that? Repent. Ask God to forgive you. Get right. Live a lifestyle of repentance. Repent of wrong ideas. Repent of desires that, that, are, that are wrong. Humble yourself before God, before people. Forgive others. Again, creation. Now, I think God can intervene in the midst of creation, cause waters to part. and Submit to God. Resist the devil, he will flee. Submit to his, to his discipline. Be trained. Repent of wrong ideas. Let me just share one more thing with you. 2 Corinthians 4, 16, therefore we don't lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction, which is for a moment. So if you suffered for 70 years, it's still called a moment. See, because we don't really understand what eternity is. So you've been suffering for 10 years. It's just a moment, really. And again, again, if it's the devil, then you need to take your authority and drive him back. If it's your own foolishness, you need to repent, your own sin. If it's God trying to train you, then you know you you need to be trained by that and stop doing that thing that's causing you the trial, the pressure, the difficulty. Hello. If it's you know, listen, if it's other people, some of you, some of you got all kinds of problems because you're connected with people that just are full of sin. Are you like all partnered with them in business? You're, they're just full of sin. They don't care what you do. They don't love God. And you wonder why you're in so much. What are you doing? Can light and darkness dwell together? What are you partnered with somebody you ain't living right for? I was talking to somebody recently. They called themselves a believer, but they've been fornicating and living in sin for seven years. I said, I love God, but you know, I just, no, I said, I don't know. No, I just, it's, you know, I, it's the last addiction I have. Well, you better break that. You gotta break that. Let me pray for you. I prayed for him. I said, make a date. Set it. And change. Otherwise, you know there's a moment where God just takes his, his hand off you, you know. God wants you to increase in the anointing and the power of God. Respond rightly to the midst of the pressures the trial the difficulty and you will receive increase of God's power now. And in the days to come, in the age to come, I should say. Did you get something from Jesus? Stand up on your feet all across this place. Lift your hands to heaven if you're going through a trial. Welcome to the human race. Father, I pray for each and every person that's struggling. Each and every person that's perplexed. Having difficulty and pain release the gift of discernment to know what the source of that is. And then having discerned the source, your discipline, or Satan's attack, or our sin, or the sin of another, or the the fallenness of creation, we would know the difference of where this thing comes from, this trial, this pressure, and then we would apply the truth of your word in each scenario as it applies. Your discipline, we'd repent and be trained by it. And we would not make those mistakes again. We would not go out to the divine woodshed as a habit of life, a lifestyle. We would carry around in us the body of the Lord Jesus, meaning we'd die to our own agenda and say yes to you and your life, your plan, your timing. Satan's attack, we stand upon your word knowing that no weapon formed against us shall, shall prosper. Satan's attack, when it comes, God, you've given us everything we need for life and godliness. Thank you that when Satan attack comes, we are covered by the blood and have the authority of the name of Jesus to rebuke, to bind, and to loose demon power. Right now, I pray a release of the authority of God in the hearts and minds of your people right now. In the name of Jesus. No longer pushed around like a pull toy from the devil. Our own sin. We'd live a lifestyle of repentance. Reveal. God this is a good prayer. Reveal any sin on the inside of us that's causing us pro- All sin causes problems. When it's full-blown, it brings death. Reveal sin in our lives, in our marriages, in our homes, with our children. Reveal sin to us. Lord, the sin of others, we'd live a lifestyle of forgiveness and good, healthy boundaries from those who don't give a rip about the principles and the precepts of God. And that through the anointing that grows on our life, we would see them converted and changed. Creation's grown. Lord, that that connectivity between our righteousness and creation, I I know that that makes an effect. One day, there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. Lord, show us where the trial comes from, that we would respond rightly, that we would not be offended at what you do and what you don't do. We would not let the devil's purpose be brought about for disillusionment, discouragement, and despair, we would see these things through the lens of eternity that this brief, momentary, light affliction is working for us a far exceeding weight of glory now and in the age to come. So as we tune our hearts, as we drop the plumb line of your word, release a fresh anointing upon each and every person here. As we respond rightly, even now, release the life of Jesus, the power of God, now, in every situation and circumstances. Release discernment now. Release, Lord, wisdom now. Release, God, the life of Jesus, the resurrection power of God, in every circumstances, now, in Jesus' name. And thank you. Because we're living for another age. Thank you for divine promotion because we respond rightly. Put your hands together for Jesus.
0: may be strengthened today in the Savior's love through. us the Lord storm, weak made strong in the Savior's love
1: Release encouragement and strength right now. Receive right now those online receive like a wave of, of encouragement from heaven. Receive the life
0: of Jesus in a fresh way.
1: Listen to this. Listen now. When darkness seems to hide his face, every voice, those online,
0: singing it seems to hide his face. I rest on him. Stone. Here we go. Christ the Lord, cornerstone, weak, faith, strong, in the Savior's love, through the storm. He is the Lord. He is the Lord, Lord of all. Trust
1: His leadership. Trust Him. Trust His Lordship. Quit shaking your fist and getting upset. Discern where the test, the trial, the pressure, the crisis is coming from. And then apply the right righteous response and see the breakthrough of increased presence in your life. The life of Jesus, the anointing, the increased power, manifest presence in your life now, and you will be rewarded later. This is just a moment. Your life is but a vapor you're passing through. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You want to get right with Jesus for the first time or you want to recommit because you drifted in your walk with the Lord. You want to come back home today. Or thirdly, you just want to be assured of your salvation. Every head bowed, intercessors praying. You say, that's me, pastor. You want to be included in this prayer, giving your heart to Jesus for the first time, making a recommitment or being assured of your salvation. On the count of three, you say, that's me. Would you lift your hand if that's you? One, two three, lift your hand high, God bless you thank you for your honesty, thank you, thank you sir thank you ma'am, thank you, I see that hand I see that hand, I see that hand wonderful, those online perhaps, come on pray this with all your heart a sincerity of heart, say dear heavenly father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me forgive me of all of my sin and come into my heart, come into my life Be my Lord and be my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Lift your hands as a sign of surrender. I pray, Holy Spirit, fill, touch each and every one right now. Release fresh revelation and anointing. We thank and praise you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord bless you, keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, lift up his countenance towards you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. We'll see you tonight, six o'clock. God's good. He's on the throne. The devil's been defeated. If you would please get your children to make room for the 11 o'clock service. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.